Hallelujah. Mighty God, mighty God. So wonderful today. If you, we're, we are going into a new, starting the new series today, uh, first lesson of that new series, and um, looking forward to this. And uh, I, I feel like the Lord is going to do some great things today. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing the word of the Lord today and just seeing what God will do. But if you have your Bibles and you want to turn and follow along, uh, Luke 4 and 18, our, just uh, scripture here as we get started this morning. Jesus was quoting uh, Isaiah 61, and this scripture, of course, referred to him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And then Acts 1 and 8, the commission and the instruction for us, along with uh, a promise to us, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both uh, Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so uh, today our, our series that we start is Every Tongue and Every Nation. And this first lesson is perfect with our, uh, our new year because we're talking about being all in. And this is, uh, first lesson is an all-inclusive church all-inclusive church. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and praise you today. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, for your call out of darkness, Lord, into your marvelous light. Bless us now to hear your word and receive it, to apply it to our lives, Lord, to be better and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap for his word. He's worthy of praise this morning. Hallelujah. God, we thank you today. And you can be seated. God bless you in Jesus' name. Every tongue and every nation. The gospel of Jesus Christ is all-inclusive. And if it is, then and the gospel is what we live by, it's what we preach, then we must find ways to include everyone in the church. We know that the gospel is for everybody. The, the scripture that is quoted so often with uh, Christianity is John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's the world, not just your own little world, the world. Uh, it's not his will that any perish, not just any of his people, the Jewish nation, but that's any people at all. And then even in the book of Revelation, we find the Spirit saying, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will. Let him come and take of the water of life. And so I'm thankful today that it is an all-inclusive gospel, that, it's, uh, that uh, we can uh, have access into this everlasting life, that we can uh, be a part of the church while we're here on this planet, that uh, the things that we would think maybe would disqualify us is exactly what qualified us for the gospel. It was why he came. It was what he wanted to do. When Jesus began to get ready to leave this earth, he, he gave what we call the commission, the great commission, and it's recorded 
uh, in the, at the end of the Gospels, and each one very similar. Uh, if you read and study more than just one book, you'll see that they all tie together. But he said in Matthew 28 and 20, to go therefore and teach all nations. Go teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Of course, we know that the name is Jesus. So uh, in Mark 16 and 15, very uh, some similar language there. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, we're not, we don't pick and decide who is worthy of this gospel. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. If they have an ear, let them hear. Preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, it's all inclusive. He wants everyone to hear this. He that believeth and is baptized is, shall be saved. So what he just said there is that when any of these creatures, these people, no matter where they are, who they are, where you go, where you find, once you preach the gospel to them, they have access to salvation. Because from that point, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. doesn't matter who they are, Jew or Gentile, uh, that's what it breaks down to. Uh, there's what happens. Once the gospel is preached to you, if you believe it and you're baptized, you can be saved. You have an access to salvation, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, Luke 24 and 47, he told them to preach that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, uh, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So all nations, again, everybody is included in this. Of course, in our opening scripture, after we received the Holy Ghost, uh, he said you would be witnesses uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Again, that's everybody. And then even Paul said this uh, when he was uh, preaching the gospel in Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, it doesn't matter who they are. If they can hear it, it's to them. And if they can believe it, it's the power of God unto salvation. And so we need to preach the gospel. This, this uh, I, I don't want to get off my message of what I'm trying to say here, but, but people need to preach the gospel. It's, there's too many, uh, this is do this and be saved kind of things that are getting posted and they, they look real good all dressed up in a meme, but they're not even scripture and they're not even backed by scripture. And uh, it breaks my heart sometimes because I'll see people sharing stuff like that, like, you know, accept the Lord. No scripture for that. He's the Lord. He, I don't, no, there's no accepting him and uh, asking him into my heart. That's not... Uh, that's not the plan of salvation. It's not even in the Bible. It's not in Scripture. And, uh, but you don't want to break somebody's faith and be ugly. So I never comment, and I wouldn't, because I'm not mad at the people. I just, I just hate to see somebody share something that's not truth. You, if, I want people to be saved. I don't want them to be misled and think they're saved when it, there is a plan of salvation in the Scripture. This gospel is for everybody. And most of the time, we have no problem with it being for everybody uh, for, you know, in the world, uh, we, we, ne- we make it a little smaller where people start having a problem. It's like, well, I don't care what color they are, what language they speak, what continent they live on. Sure, they ought to hear about Jesus. It's, we start having problems with people that we think 
well, they're not worthy because their life is so bad. You know, uh, that, well, you know, they're not churchy kind of people. And they, they, they probably, you know, they, that's not the kind of people we associate with and things like that. And, and that's where uh, we get more to our point today is that it is all inclusive and it's for everybody. And it's for you and me. And if it was for you and me, then it can be for anybody. I can tell you uh, up front and be honest with you that if, if the Lord can save me, then he will save anybody. Uh, I know the, the wretch that I was. I know the wreck that I was. I know the mess that I was tied up in. I know where my path was headed. And I know all the things that, whew, that he had to wash me from. I know. Uh, and so if he can wash me, and he can wash anybody. And so for me to ever think that I would withhold uh, the, the saving gospel that changed my life, next Wednesday the 13th will be 28 years since I went down in that water in his name. Let me tell you what a glorious life it has been. And I'm so thankful for what he did 28 years ago. And uh, he's still doing it today. And so whenever we start thinking, mm, we just, you know, I never want to just have church with just church people. Now, hey, that don't mean I don't like my church people. I love my church people. But that's not why he saved us, so we could have a club. That's a club, man. Uh, you know, we're in the club. Have you, yeah, that's like checking them at the door. Have you been baptized? Oh, no, well, you can't be here. You got sin in your life? Oh, no, you can't be here. Uh, man, hey, come on, we sit in here on Sunday with sin in our life. Don't, don't. Me, I know uh, who how we are because we all live in this flesh, and I know we all fight things and got things to overcome. We're working on it all the time, and so I don't want to exclude somebody because the gospel is inclusive. It's all inclusive. It's for whosoever will let him come. In the, the book of Matthew, where Jesus uh, uh, is reaching for Matthew to be one of the twelve, you know, Matthew was one of the most despised men in Israel because he was a tax collector. Boy, tax collectors could not even go into the synagogue. The Jews didn't let them in there. They, they hated tax collectors. Matthew knew he was an outcast. He knew that uh, people did not like him, and, it, and for good reason. He was making money off of them. Uh, Herod would hire these guys, and they would uh, bid for a section of, of Israel to tax, and then they would uh, impose these taxes so they could get rich off of the poor. And so that's why they didn't like him. They had good reason. Man, we hate taxes. And, but back then, they could just come around and say, hey, we, we pay your taxes, take every bit of money they had. And so he was not liked, but Jesus went to him and called him to be one of the 12, one that would walk close with him. But uh, the scenario where we find Jesus coming to Matthew's house is what's very interesting. In Matthew 9, and verse 10, it says, It came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. It was Matthew's house. He said, Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why? eateth your master with publicans and sinners. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He said, but go and learn what that means. I will have mercy 
and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, there's a lot of things that you can pull out of this, but one is that we always want to leave the sinner to Jesus. Well, of course, we know that it is only him that can forgive their sins and, and wash their sins away. But it didn't say that it was only Jesus sitting at that table, but his disciples sat there also because they needed to be able to befriend and interact with those that needed salvation as well. Yes, I know there is salvation in no other name except the name of Jesus. And I know that I can't wash people's sins away and I can't forgive their sins. I can't remit their sins. I can't do any of that stuff uh, like some people try to say they can. It don't work like that. You can sit in a box and talk and you're just talking to the other side of the box. Uh, but uh, Jesus said he, he would go to where they were. He would sit with those that were outcasts. He would sit with those that uh, nobody wanted anything to do with, and the Pharisees did not like that. But Jesus already, uh, we read what he said of himself, that he came to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal brokenhearted people, liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty to those that are oppressed. He went to the outcast of society to preach the gospel. That's our job. And we are surrounded by them every day. If in you know, Matthew, he knew he was an outcast, and there are a lot of people just like Matthew. They will never realize that they can be accepted into the family of God unless someone makes an invitation to them like Jesus did. They'll never realize that somebody loves them so much that they would give their life unless some of God's people start reaching for them and telling them because, hey, a lot of them will never walk in a church on their own because they already feel like the church don't want them. That's why when we're outside of these four walls, we've got to make them feel wanted. We've got to let, make sure we let them know that Jesus loves them, we love them, Come as you are and hear what the Spirit would say. Let the gospel change their life. We all need what Jesus has got. And hey, some people will never, ever access it on their own. We are the hands and the feet, the mouthpiece of the Lord to tell somebody Jesus loves you. It's all inclusive. First Timothy 1 and 15, and I didn't give you this, just don't worry. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, of whom I am chief. He said, I know how bad I was, but Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Now, the Jews thought the Messiah was coming to set Israel right and free them from Roman occupation and, and set them up and set his kingdom up, but he came into this world to save the lost. And it says we were all concluded and included under sin that he could save and have mercy on all of us. None of us, God said, well, you ain't poured on mercy on me, Lord. I am good. I come out of the womb walking and talking right. And man, I ain't done nothing wrong. I'm saying it ain't about what you've done, those actions. We were all born under the curse of sin because of the fall in the garden and we needed saving and Jesus came to save us. That's why John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was coming to save uh, sinners. One place while he was sitting there, the Pharisees looked and said, this man receiveth sinners. Well, thank God that he does. 
<laughs> Thank God that he receiveth sinners because we all needed that reception. We needed for him to touch our lives and to change us. I'm telling you today, there is still nothing greater than the mercy and the love of God. There is nothing greater, no greater story than God's love story for humanity, that he would wrap himself in flesh and die for our sins. There is nothing greater. We, we can start digging, trying to find things to excite people. Man, just tell them that Jesus died for them. But trying to hook and reel them and, and all kind of things and get them in with, with all kind of fancy revelations and stuff. Hey, what they need to know first and foremost is Jesus died for their sins. That they need to be saved and, and there is a way to be saved. And it doesn't matter where he finds them, where they are. I, you know, I've made this statement before. There's somewhere sleeping in an alley and under the bridge is just a man waiting to preach the greatest message the world's ever heard. But somebody's just got to reach him. Somebody's just got to preach to him. Somebody's got to invite him. Let him know, hey, there is a place you can come. I know we have to go out to them sometimes, but uh, to tell them, sometimes it's like, we'll tell you about Jesus, but you stay here. Don't come invade my little space now. I like my church, and I like my church people, so but I'll tell you about Jesus, and you just, you just worship in your alley and stay right here on your park bench or out here on the curb, but, but uh, come on in. Come on into the house. We need to go where they are and invite them in to the church of God. They, all these people, you think everybody there, so many people, it's just like, hey, let's just go to Matthew's house and sit down and eat. Oh, no, Jesus welcomed them in. Come on in. Let me tell you uh, what you need. And, and so, uh, hey, did all of them believe his message? Did everybody buy into what he was selling? Nah. Everybody, I'm sure they didn't. That's just the way the world is. But they were there. And they may not always listen to what you've got to say. That's not the, the criteria there. The criteria is just tell them. Tell somebody about Jesus. If they turn you off, they turn you off. If they shut their ears, then they shut their ears. But listen, you still told somebody about Jesus. How, how can we uh, hide what he has done for us? How, how can we uh, not tell others what Jesus has done in our life? And when you invite somebody uh, a sinner, somebody you know that's not living for God or somebody that needs help, that's not compromising. Man, that's what we do. And in our, not even just having to, you know, we don't even have to go looking. In your workplace, in your school, you are always surrounded by people. Your waiter or waitress at a, at a restaurant, uh, some, you know, places that you frequent where they know you, in the post office where you pick your mail up, there is always somebody that you can say, hey, uh, I'm praying for you. What can I pray for you about? Uh, so you can start a conversation with them. Hey, why don't you come to church with me? Yeah. We like, like we, I got to go out with a magnifying glass looking for, for people that need God. No, you just walk outside and look at every car driving by. Yeah. You know, they, they go, when you go to pay for your Gatorade at the convenience store, uh, you know, that cashier, that, that, that person there, you know, needs the Lord. Yeah. Who's telling them about Jesus? Who's telling them about Jesus? Who's telling them about Jesus? They're working on Sunday. Who's telling them about Jesus? Somebody needs to hear it. It's all, it's all inclusive. Somebody talked to us. Somebody invited us. Somebody let us know that there was a Savior and we needed him. Oh, thank God they did. 
I'm so glad. And let me tell you, I wasn't, they didn't go out like shopping for the best and brightest when they was coming around because that, that wasn't me. They like, well, let's go, let's go find somebody rich. Let's go find somebody smart. Let's go find somebody talented. Well, you know what? There's a lot of that underneath the, the, the sin and the weight that these people are carrying. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of anointing. There's a lot of not just monetary wealth, but wealth uh, of what they can offer. And I'm tell you, there's people out there you think, oh, they, that, what have they got to offer? Well, just let, get, let Jesus get a hold of them. You'll see what they've got to offer. Because I can promise you this, if you'd have seen me before, I always, I always say, you know, pre-Jesus, he would have said, this cat ain't got nothing to offer. He ain't got nothing. To, he, 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 man, look at him. He, he ain't doing nothing with his life. He, he's, he's, he's a drunk. He, he's a, a metalhead. He's, he's just always uh, looking for the next party, trying to figure out what he can get into. He's you know, been arrested, got in trouble, this, that, and the other, all kinds of things like that. He ain't got nothing to offer. But I hear maybe in, in hey, all I, I can say by the grace of God I am what I am. But here I stand today preaching the gospel for over 28 years now. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, or, or for just almost 28 years now, I've been preaching this gospel. And I have baptized countless numbers. I have seen people pray through the Holy Ghost. I've seen healings and miracles, signs and wonders. I've watched lives change. A lot of you sitting in here, I've seen your life changed uh, because of Jesus. And so uh, that, that all came from somebody that didn't have nothing to offer. But Jesus can take nothing and make something out of it. He'll get rid of all that exterior stuff that's hanging on and then people can see what you're really meant to be. And I'm so glad today that Jesus is still doing that. When Jesus, uh, he, he made these people that were outsiders feel like, you know, special guests. In, in first century culture, when you sat down to eat with someone, it was like you were, you were social equals. You didn't, that's why they were so upset. He's eating with publicans and sinners, you know, because they didn't eat with just anybody. They, they ate with their little club. And so what's he doing? He's the rabbi. He's your master. And, and there he goes. He's, he's eating with publicans and sinners. He's sitting on the same level with them, eating from the same table, reaching, getting bread off the same plate, you know, that, that kind of thing. Oh, that ain't, but that's what Jesus said. Come on, we'll all sit down together. Of course, he was their master, but you know how, how Jesus was. Uh, you say master, and, and you say rightly so, but, but I'm showing you what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to serve each other. And so uh, he was serving them. He was sharing a meal with them, and uh, he was treating them like an honored guest. There's a, a, a parable that he taught, Luke 14 and uh, 21 through 23. Uh, let me find where I'm at. Yeah, it said, you, you know the one about the, the king uh, preparing the great, uh, the great supper. A certain man made a great supper, and he, he was asking all these people to come to it. Uh, but people began to make excuse. And, well, I've, I've done this. I've, I've bought some land. I, I got married. I've got uh, oxen and things. I got, I got all these things. I just can't get there today. And so this guy, the servant, came back and said, well, here's what they said. Uh, he showed the Lord these things, and the master of the house, being angry, he said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and then bring in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Just bring them in. And the servant said, Lord, it's done as you commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, go out in the highways, hedges, and compel them to come in that my house 
may be filled. See who he's filling his house up with? Poor, maimed, halt, blind. He said, go out and compel them to come in so my house can be filled. There's a lot of people that would just love to be invited. There's a lot of people that would just love to know that somebody wanted to include them in something other than what they're involved in already. Or maybe uh, people who sit around and feel like nobody even cares would love for somebody to say, why don't you go to church with me this week? Why don't you come to the house of the Lord with me? And, and uh, we don't have to wait for special services or revival. Every service is special. The Lord's here. That's, that's, that makes every service special. Hey, come to church with me. Just come hear some preaching. Maybe you've never even heard uh, the gospel preacher. Just invite somebody to church so his house can be filled. Because you know what? All, all the empty seats we have, nobody's going to sit in them if we're not asking somebody to come. We, we've got to stop praying, Lord, send them. Because he sent us. Oh, Lord, give us souls. I have. Lift up your eyes and look and see that the field's ripe and ready for harvest. Lift up your eyes and look and see it. I've given them to you. When he gave the children of Israel manna in the wilderness, did he put it on a plate and set it in a tent? What did they have to do? They had to get up every day and gather it. Hey, it'll be there, but you're going to go get it. Well, let me tell you, they're there. They're there. We just got to go get them. We've got to go out and gather. We've got to start telling people, get back to inviting people to church. Well, you know nobody wants to come to church in this day. Oh, yes, they do. There's some that do want to get out and come to church. There's some that just, the reason they're not here is because nobody has asked them to be here. I understand there's some that they're not going, they're not going nowhere. They're staying in, and that's fine. That's their choice. That's what they're doing. Uh, not here to debate that. That's that's. If they're good with that, they're good with that. What I'm telling you is there's a lot of people that would love to just come to church, come somewhere where they could feel like they're a part of something, be included with something. Let me tell you, if they can feel the love of God, they're going to feel included because there's nothing. I'm telling you, I knew I was different from the time I walked in that Pentecostal church uh, over 28 years ago. I knew I was different, but I felt the love of God from the time I walked in. I didn't even know what it was. But it just made me feel like I was at home. Everybody shaking your hand, everybody hugging your neck. Man, I'm walking in there, big lightning bolt, dangling earrings hanging off my head and mohawk and, and looking all crazy and stuff like that. And people's like, man, we look, come on back. Come on back. You going to be here Wednesday? I'm like, what's Wednesday? Oh, that's church. Oh, okay. I, well, I don't know. I, you have church on Wednesday? Sure, whatever. I, I have no idea about that stuff. I if that's what y'all do, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll be here, I guess. You know, so uh, they don't know. You, you have to remember that when you start telling them things. Hey, you going to be here Monday night? What's Monday night? You know, uh, that's, you know, well, that's prayer. Oh, oh, okay, well. But they just got to know. And, you know, and, and uh, well, and if you talk to them, well, well, you know, I work on Sundays. Okay, hey, you know what? Monday night we have prayer. Oh, well, I work Monday too. Well, Wednesday. Yeah, it, and eventually you know, they, they're going to either excuse themselves from missing the greatest blessing they could ever get or they're going to say, you know what, I'll go with you. Yeah. And, but but 
how, who, how are they going to get here if we're not reaching for them, realizing that they are to be included in this. We, like I said, we, we have no problem thinking, boy, we ought to reach the world. We ought to reach the world. Well, the world starts just right outside the door. Right. <laughs> it, it ain't like the world's somewhere far away. The world starts right outside the door. Yeah. When you walk outside the door, hey, I'm in the world. When you go to town, I'm in the world. When you're at school, I'm in the world. You, know, uh, you ain't got to get on a plane to reach the world. <laughs> you know, there you go. Just go to Walmart. Just go, you know, just go somewhere. That's the world. Reach the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Well, hey, there's some creatures around here. <laughs> you know, we, and let me tell you, I, I believe, y'all know we love, we, we all about some missions around here. We love that. And, and thank God for it. We've got some that go and, and have gone, and, and we thank God for that. But, but we can't just keep in, investing in another country when our, our city's sliding. You know, what about, what about what, what if we focused on missions here? What if we focused on reaching here? And you know, I know that everything's been upside down since uh, uh, that pandemic and things hit our campus ministry. You know, it, it, a lot different this year than it's ever been. And, uh, but we, we're looking for these things to come back. Yeah. We're looking for things to be better and for us to be able to, uh, you know, really start reaching and doing things. We want people to be here, but it's so easy if we would just start in our, our circle right. where we, you know, the people that we're around, you know. Hey, won't you come to church with me? Well, you know, I would ask them, Pastor, but. I just don't think they could handle it. Well, you did. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know if brother so and so goes to flipping down the front aisle. I, I don't know if uh, they'd be able to handle that. Well, you did. If they see somebody fall out on the floor, they might leave. Well, they'll come back. You know, it's. I mean, hey, I saw things I'd never seen before. I tell you, I was watching people drop out on the floor and people running around the church, and I was like. Wow, this, uh, this ain't, this what, I mean, I, I had been to church some. I had friends and they would say, man, my mom's going to let me go to church. Come on, go with us. I, my, one of my best friends, uh, uh, Roger Hall, and he said, mom, man, we got to go to church. He said, y'all come on, go with us. So we'd all go because we'd sit in the back and laugh and cut up. We didn't pay no attention. I mean, it was very sleepy church. But, you know, and so, yeah, first time I walked in, man, they choir rocking, people singing, shouting, jumping up, hollering, carrying. Wow, this is my kind of church right here, right place. I'm right at home now. But you know, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like you think about it now. You think about your life before Jesus, and you think, what if somebody had just looked at your circumstances and said, Nah, you wouldn't like our church. You know, we can't be like that. We've got a great thing here. God is doing great things here, and I love our church, and I love our people. And guess what? Those people will love you because, hey, man, once they come in and feel that love, they're gonna, they'll, they'll love you right back. And, you know, don't try to press them into a mold as soon as they walk in the door. Just let them feel the love of the Lord. Let them just feel what Jesus is doing. Get a relationship going with him, man. The rest of the stuff, 
that'll that'll fall in line. Everything will work out. Just God, let God work on some of those things. But you know, there's some things that He, yeah, we got them here, Lord. Now we need some help, and let Him do some of those things. Uh, personal growth is every person's got to have personal responsibility and growth, but they got to have somebody pouring on that love, pouring that love on them, just working with them. Hey, make them better, Jesus. And that's you know. This this man had this guy invites these people. And they just nah with with one you know each one begins to say nah I can't get there I can't get there I can't get there. But here comes people limping in the door, never invited to nothing. But this guy said I'm going to fill my house, and so yeah there'll be some that won't hear, but there'll be some that will, and uh, we 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 got to be willing to to have a meal <laughs> with people who are nothing like us, not even like us. Oh, that's scary. I don't like to talk to people that ain't like me. Well, need to learn. <laughs> uh, you, know, we, you know, we'll give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. You know, if, if I'm running late for something, uh, well, traffic, you know, I, I couldn't hear you. That's why I was late. But, but if somebody else runs late, well, they're just lazy. We don't even, uh, that's just sorry. That's just pure laziness. You know, it shouldn't be like that, but... But boy, and and then, you know, if it's something more like a fault in our life, we, you know, we, we we're a little more forgiven of close friends and family, and but we see somebody else, and we're like, just can't be saved, just can't be. We shouldn't be like that. Uh, listen, the more conscious we become of the work that Jesus has done in our life, the more we will be able to appreciate what He can do, and we'll be a little more long suffering with the faults of other people. And, and so we need to remember how God saved us, what he took out of us, what he washed away from us before we start going, hmm, ain't no hope for that one. Wow, boy, I can remember. There'd be many, the scripture said, that say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. But he said, but the Lord is the lifter up of my head. Praise God. Hey, listen, uh, don't, don't start saying there's no hope for him. You gonna tell me that dude over there, you just man, you can see the evil on him. He just needs a good washing. <laughs> it's just whew, the blood of Jesus washes away all all our sin. And uh, ain't nothing that they got going on that the blood of Jesus can't get rid of. And well, they just they they shining like a brand new penny when they come up, man. I'm telling you, nice, clean. Now they got to grow, but you know what? That love, man, we got to love them. We've got to love people. Oh, help us to love people, Jesus. I'll be like Jesus and love people. I want to be like Jesus and love people that ain't like you. I want to love, I want to be like you, Jesus, and love people that talk about you. Oh, love people that don't believe what you're talking about. You got to love people that would crucify you. But love them, my goodness, because, uh, you know, a lot of those people that stood there hollering, crucify. I guarantee you some of that crowd was in that 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Oh, because that's why it hit them so hard. Oh, that's the, that's the, Peter was, he said, this same Jesus that you crucified, he was talking to the ones that crucified him, both Lord and Christ. Ah, what can we do? Well, let me tell you. And man, don't you know how good they felt after they were baptized? That Sister Mary Dean, yesterday she said, I feel good, Brother Ed. 
85. She said, I feel good. She was just grinning. She said, I did good in that water, didn't I? I said, you did do good in that water. But she said, but she was walking. She, was, she was, had a little more pep in her step when she left. She was pushing that little stroller right along, man. She just, but she said, I feel good, Brother Ed. And I said, praise God. I love it, man. You feel better. You, something happens. I don't know, man, if you didn't feel something when you come out of the water. Let's go again. But, uh, cause, uh, but I felt something. I felt different. I'm telling you, I don't know how to explain it except I just felt new. I felt like there was no more weight. I felt like it, it really worked. And, and uh, man, I was so thankful for that. And so uh, we can't be like these Pharisees that were at Matthew's house. Hey, what's he doing? What's Jesus doing messing with sinners? Uh, kind of why he came. What you doing with them? I follow him. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be like the Pharisees. That the, Lord, the Lord said, hey, Pharisees, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. And the bad part is, is you don't go in, but you don't allow nobody else in. <laughs> you won't even go in. You're stuck in your traditions. You're stuck in your customs and all these kind of things. You, you, you value that more than, that's why I said uh, you need to learn about mercy. I'll have mercy and not sacrifice. He said, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, those things. That were, that when they lived by that law, that's what they lived by, but that don't trump mercy. That's why when they tried to get on to Jesus for healing people on the Sabbath, hey, come on. Man, if your donkey fell in the ditch, you'd pull him out on the Sabbath. Uh, so you're going to tell me I can't do good and heal people on the Sabbath? You know, mercy, man, mercy. We've got to have mercy. And so uh, they thought, though, and you know, maybe some of them even sincerely, because you can be sincerely wrong, uh, they thought, well, when we maintain separation from sinners, then uh, that keeps us holy, that, that we can stay holy that way because we're not touching the unclean things. But, but you see, Jesus broke all that stuff to pieces when he touched the leper before he healed him, when he let that woman with the issue of blood touch the hem of his garment, when he touched a dead body. He, you know, he, uh, so there were things, and then sitting at the table with him, he, he broke all that stuff down when he went and talked with the woman in Samaria. Well, you're a Jew. What do you, have any de- you don't have dealings with Samaritans. Man, that line's about to be crushed. I'm, I'm about to f- fix that. And he began to talk to her about living water because even this woman who had had five husbands and was shacking up with number six, uh, he said, you're still worthy of this living water. I want to give it, I want to give this to you. I want you to have this living water. There's a scripture, you know, that we believe and we preach and it's so important to the church. And Paul wrote this and I'm, I'm, I won't be much longer. Uh, when we read in, in 2 Corinthians, he, he tells us, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, unequally yoked, that doesn't mean they're not going to be around you or be in your life or be family. Hello? Or even be your friend. You, you, if if all, the only friends you have are in church, that's a small number. I have friends that don't go to church. I have friends that they sitting at home right now. I guarantee you they ain't in church, but they're my friend. I've got people I grew up with that I still think of my friend, and I love them and would love to see them saved and, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but, uh, but I'm not going to be yoked to them. That's, that's the thing. So don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But then he, he says this uh, in uh, 
verse 17. And so Paul is not trying to be different than what Jesus was. You got to understand what he's saying. He said, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. All right. He said to touch not the unclean thing. He did not say don't touch people. Things, that's different. People are not things. People are his creation. People are made in his image. People are what he died for. And so, yeah, I'm not going uh, to get involved in their uncleanness. You know, I'm not going to be involved in the things they're doing. I'm not going to be yoked together with them. But the only way we're going to make a difference is to touch people. And guess what? Some of them will be unclean. But the uncleanness of people does not uh, erase your holiness that you have through righteousness with God through faith. You know, uh, that's why Jesus could, it it don't bother me to touch this this leper because it ain't going to affect me at all. It don't bother me for that woman with the issue of blood to touch me because it ain't going to affect me at all. It, it doesn't bother me to sit down at the table with them and eat and talk with them and show them love because that's not going to erase who I am. Uh, now, let me tell you, that, that means you've got to use discernment and make sure, you know, because if they say, hey, well, come on and go to the party with us tonight, that's just not my thing. I'll go out and eat lunch with you. I'll hang out with you. But I'm not going to a party where there's going to be drugs and drinking and all kind of foolishness going on. That's not what I can do. I cannot go there. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying that's not what I do. Uh, and so I love you. Praying for you. Be careful. Hope you don't die tonight. Whatever. You know, uh, but uh, no, don't say that last part. But, um, but what he said is come out, be separate. They, they need to see a difference. And that difference is by not touching the unclean thing. And the, and the other difference, that the way they see us different is when they see you touching them. When, when you're not afraid to talk to those who are not like you, um, when you can talk to them with, when they've got smoke and alcohol on their breath or whatever, you know, you, you, it doesn't matter. You, you tell them, I love you. Jesus loves you. Man, I tell you, I wish you could experience this life I have. Will be trying to get me saved. I'm trying to get you nothing, man. I'm just telling you about it. If you're gonna get saved, that's on you. <laughs> I can't save you, but uh, you know you're talking about how good your life is. Well, I'm just telling you how good my life is. Because yeah. I tell you, I love being free. I love not being under the thumb of nobody, and I love nobody tell me nothing. Okay, what I love, I love at the eyes of the Lord over the righteous. I got somebody looking out for me. I love that He's went and prepared a place for me. I'm gonna be with Him one day. I love the fact that even though I was lost and undone and unworthy that he died for me, washed me from my sins, filled me with the Holy Ghost, with his spirit. And man, I'll tell you now, I'm his kid. You believe all Yeah, I believe all that. That's what, you you, you, you got to find a way to, to include them. And man, the best way is just invite them. Invite them to include them. And uh, whoever's doing music, if you'll come on to see me. Uh, I'm not near done, but I got to, or finished, but I got to be done. So, but the reason that uh, we see, you know, God's holiness, it cannot be tainted by interaction with sinners. Interaction is not participation. Okay? Jesus interacted with them, but he did not participate with them. And that's the thing is you can interact with people without participating 
with those people. The only avenue by which outsiders will come to know God is through the people of God. Yeah, because God's not just dropping down and walking around here no more. He's got a church that he said, pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest. Pray that laborers will be sent into the harvest and realize that it's for everybody. Peter got that revelation when he went to Cornelius' house. Ooh, I said, God's not a respecter of persons. And, and he began to realize that anybody that fears God and works righteousness is accepted with him. And uh, he preached the gospel. And Cornelius and his whole household, Gentiles, were saved, filled with his spirit, just like in Acts 2.38. And so we've got to be able to associate with these people, interact with them, and realize, hey, you know what Paul wrote in the first letter to the Corinthian church? He said, you know, unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of, of heaven. And then he said, neither, you know, he went down his list, thieves and drunkards and you know, fornications, adultery, all these things, a big long list. They said, this can't make it in. And so, he's talking to the saints now. And such were some of you. But now you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. Now you're in. But look what you used to be. You see, that's the thing. You, you, you look, there's that guy standing behind the pulpit with his tie and he's all looking, looking so good and sanctified and everything. But you know what he was? I know what he was. But after Jesus gets through with him, Stand with me. And then in Revelation 7 and 9, John sees the Lord shows him this vision of heaven. He says, After this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number, all nations and kindreds. He says, and people. Let me tell you, and people are people. Habits, hang-ups, mess-ups, total wrecks sometimes. But he said, but here they are. They got here. And the end of different languages, tongues. They, they stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they were crying out salvation to our God. The only way they could cry it out is because they had experienced it. And the only way John sees this in heaven is if the church is doing their job on earth. So the church has got to do their job. Remember that this this uh, it's all inclusive. Every tongue and every nation, doesn't matter what they've got going on in their life, Jesus wants them. So let's go get the ones that Jesus wants. Amen? Come on. Let's lift our hands and just love him for a minute. Lord, we praise you. Thank you that you reached down and saved us. Thank you, Lord, that you reached and got a hold of our hearts. Lord, that one day where you found us, God, oh, you pulled us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, I pray, God, that we'll have the same sort of compassion to those we meet every day. Lord, that we'll reach for those who are not like us. And, Lord, we'll invite them, we'll include them. Lord, make us, Lord, to be like you. Help us to love people the way you did. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. What a great God. What a great God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. All right. Glad to be in church with you. Let's find a place and pray before the next service. Going to be dynamite in Jesus' name. God bless you.